This episode of Benefits Buzz was recorded in late 2019. We understand that the coronavirus pandemic is the most important issue in the world right now. Our hearts go out to all of those who are affected, and we will continue to keep you up to date on the latest news regarding your employee benefits. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Benefits Buzz. My name is Kelsey Burgett, and with me I have my co-host, Hayden Gothy. Hey, Hayden. Hi, Kelsey. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Today we are talking about flexible work arrangements with Curtis Karn and Jessica Sean. They're from our HR team, and they really implemented this program at Discovery Benefits, so they're great guests to talk about um, what was successful and maybe what wasn't. We're excited to talk to them about why these arrangements are so popular and how you can make these work for your business in this episode of Benefits Buzz. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, guys. I'm really excited you could come. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So today we're talking about flexible work arrangements. And I know that Discovery Benefits has had flexible work arrangements for quite some time, but I know other businesses are just looking at implementing this um, into their benefits technically because this is a benefit for new employees. So t let's talk a little bit about what flexible work arrangements are. Sure. You know, I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. Some are the basic like, hey, I have a plumber coming to my house sometime between eight and noon, like those four hour infamous windows those we all so get, fun. right? Um, and so, hey, I'm just going to work from home instead of coming to work, having to leave and, you know, the back and forth. Um, so there's some that in the flexible uh, work arrangements, but then there's also the full time. I just work from home, like telecommute work from home programs as well. And at Discovery Benefits, we offer both of those technically. Is that something that you see or have heard other businesses doing across the board as well, or is it typically one or the other? Yeah, I think we're starting to see more and more of it, especially just with the amount of, or, or the low unemployment rate uh, and the amount of hiring in this area specifically and all around the United States. Um, you know, you have to go where the population is now. And so opening up that opportunity of, hey, maybe they don't have to be in our house or be in this location to be able to start working from home right off the bat. Um, and I think from our standpoint, we know that there's more talent out there than just the physical location of our buildings. And so being able to open that up, I think creates a lot of opportunity for those individuals to be able to come work for Discover Benefits or a company like ours, um, as well as us being able to go out and find that talent, maybe some places that wouldn't necessarily be able to come in the door here. So these types of programs obviously evolve over time. Um, what would you say is the inspiration behind the, the modern program? I mean, what were some of the needs that you wanted to address that, that it's currently Billing. Yeah, our current work from home or telecommute um, program has really evolved over the last five or six years from when we started it. Um, we had eight people that we started with, um, and now we're over 175 wow. um, that work from home. So it's really grown over the last uh, couple of years. It really started from um, individuals kind of asking, hey, I'd love to just be able to work from home. You know, in this area, we have individuals who live outside of town, especially in the winter. It can be really hard to get to work. Uh, and so this was kind of a, a start for that just to test it out. We started with, again, with eight um, that had been long-term employees that we knew would be able to um, give us feedback on what was working and not working as we kind of adapted and grew this program. And so that's really where it started from um, for us. I will say we had some hesitations in starting it at first. <laughs> It's um, not going to work. It's yeah, not going to work. Yep. They need you to know, be there here. Was, yeah. You know, the thought that, okay, everyone needs to be in the building to be working, right? And some of those misconceptions about those pieces. Also for us, um, as you well know, culture is a big deal around here and, and one of our drivers for recruiting and retention. Uh, and so trying to figure out, you know, they're not going to have donut Mondays at home. They're not going to have cake Wednesdays. They're not going to be part of the culture committee events. And so really looking at 
is that going to negatively impact their experience and how do we help from that? And what we learned is that it actually improved their experience. For those who are raising their hand and saying, I'd love to work from home, the satisfaction and joy that they got from being able to work from home, the cost savings and not having um, you know, gas or having to worry about the roads, that made up for anything that they were missing out from being in the office. Uh, and so it um, actually was a great success for us. And we've just continued to grow the, grow the program over the last couple of years. Yeah. And our supervisors did a really good job and managers of making sure they're keeping that connection because that's really what it's about, right? Is is when you grow a team, having those connections with your other team members. And so being overly, I guess, aware of what they needed to do to reach out to those individuals who are in the work from home. Uh, and we found out that, you know, Skype, video conferencing, just even chat messages are still keeping those touch points across the board. So it doesn't necessarily have to be face-to-face to still make an impact. Uh, it's just, I think you go back to, it's just being looked after, right? It's being taken care of from a supervisory standpoint to be able to, hey, just remember that I'm still here and they're always going to do that. Are there any built-in like face-to-face opportunities with when you're talking about work from home employees where, you know, even if it's just like once a year, once every few months where there is some face-to-face? Or? Yeah, I think we, we try and get, if it's possible to come in and do face-to-face every quarter or something of that nature. Um, I think as we continue to expand our footprint, um, there's going to be maybe less and less of that. Um, so finding ways to, again, make those connections across the board. But we have people who work from home that literally are 15 minutes away or 20 minutes away. So that's not that big of a deal. Um, when you start looking at maybe, hey, we're in Fargo, North Dakota, and we hire somebody in Rapid City, South Dakota, that might be a uh, less of, uh, hey, I can get there every quarter type of a situation. Um, but with our Brookings, South Dakota location, we still have people that come up um, on that side too. So I think the opportunity is there. Um, it'll just be probably a lot less. And sometimes we may even get to the point where they're not stepping foot in this building as we move forward. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the technology really comes into play of being able to do the video one-on-ones, you know, through the Skype and different technologies that we have to at least kind of try and keep that connection um, a little bit on that side as well. So using discovery benefits as our example, since we know our own population, were there any roles that you specifically saw that would not be a good fit for this type of flexible work arrangement versus the ones that would? I guess ours. <laughs> Human resources. Might, might just be the people. <laughs> um, but you know, when we started the program, it, we really looked at positions that were very metric based. Um, so look at, you know, individuals that are on our claims department in operations, um, in our participant services, our call center. Um, Cause those are ones that are very metric driven. And so it was really, um, easy to measure productivity. Um, And what we saw from that group was that um, there wasn't a drop in productivity. Across the board, it went up. Um, From the little things that they don't have a distraction of someone walking by and there's a conversation happening outside their office. There's no line in the bathroom. You know, all those types of things that take up time um, are removed from from that side of it. Um, We also have uh, less absenteeism among that group because, you know, for some of us in the office, we might have that starting to get that cold and we don't want to expose everyone to it. Well, if they're working from home, you know, we don't have those pieces of it. Um, and also saw our numbers drop in turnover among that group as well. So um, just, you know, it became more about which positions we could really felt like we could measure well. Um, and then we've expanded into other positions that aren't as metric driven as we've become more comfortable with the idea of work from home and our managers have grabbed onto that skill set as well because it's it's different managing someone who's working from home than someone that's in the office. And that's evolved a little bit too I think because we've had individuals that maybe have moved away 
um, to be with significant others or family or anything like that. Well, instead of terminating employment with us, we were able to make that work for them from a remote side where maybe we wouldn't have thought that role itself would have been transitioned into a work from home, but because of the circumstances, because the uh, employee, uh, the background, we were willing to kind of take that chance and they've worked out as well. So I think we're seeing more and more that, it, that work from a work from home standpoint. And another one that I think we'll start to see and I think nationally we're starting to see is individuals who are starting to do phased retirements. So maybe they're now moving to um, Arizona or they're, you know, want to stay at the lake. That's a big thing around here, right? The lake places. And so this might be kind of their first step into retirement, but they're not ready to completely be done working. And I think we'll start to see that um, hitting our population more. And then I think, you know, just nationally, they're they're seeing that as a trend as well. And especially as they phase in and out of possibly like part-time versus full-time. Um, and we know with succession planning across the board, you'd rather phase people out than just cut, cut, cut the cord basically, uh, on that. So being able to transition like that is, is a lot of opportunity as well with the work from home option. It sounds like there's a lot of positive aspects because like you said, instead of losing that employee, if you've had good success with them, they've done a really good job. Even if they're moving away, you still have the opportunity to retain that employee. Um, and then also I think about, you know, when we have our claims team, like you mentioned, operations, our participant services teams, the ability for those people to work remotely also helps, you know, with, natural disasters or mm -hmm. something like that, should that ever happen. Um, we have people who aren't physically in this building who could technically be working from Rapid City, South Dakota mm -hmm. or, you know, wherever they live. Yeah. So it's from a disaster recovery standpoint, telecommute is a fantastic addition to your plan um, because it does spread people out um, over different cities, different states, different time zones. So it can be very helpful from that standpoint. Uh, another piece too, from a business standpoint is that's less people you need to find space for in your building. So where our, where we took a really huge jump in our telecommute program is when we started running out of space in this building. <laughs> um, and we were working on, we were working on another addition at the time. Um, but it was a great opportunity for folks who say, hey, you know, I just want to want to head home. And it helped us be able to stay um, in this building because as tight as we are, are now, think about almost 200 more people trying to fit in here. And that would we would not be able to be in the space we're in if we had that many more people um, here as well. Um, and they estimate the cost savings um, somewhere between fifteen to $20,000 and having someone that works from home because of being able to save on the space, absenteeism, um, turnover. So there's some huge potential cost savings um, for a business as well if they're looking at adding a program like this. Wow. Are there any challenges that, especially when you first started rolling out this type of a program that you'd want to share? Because I'm just, I'm thinking about it right now. You know, you're talking about like less abs absenteeism yeah. or productivity. There seems to be a lot of really positive aspects. So if yeah. someone listening wanted to roll out a program like this, what are some possible hurdles they might run into yeah, right I away? I think it was a surprise off the bat because of the pushback. Everybody was like, oh, it's not going to work. And then these statistics came in and it was, yeah, wow, these are things that actually work. Um, I think for us, some of the hurdles were, um, number one, we were, this was kind of a, I guess I a gift, but you had to earn the right to be able mm -hmm. to kind of work from home mm -hmm. when we first started. So I would say if you're going to roll out this type of a program, start with some of those senior employees that are maybe looking to do that. Um, I think we're seeing it move more and more further up in the recruiting mm -hmm. uh, to the point where 
now we can do a full live training remotely um, with with new employees. They don't even have to ever step foot in the building because of the way it's set up. But I think that's the other big hurdle is the training aspect of it. You have to be ready to be able to do that uh, via video conferencing or WebEx or ever, however you want to do those um, those trainings because obviously you have to be able to reach that broad audience and then you have to have your in-house people merge into that as well. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a whole restructuring of how you do things from a training standpoint. And if you just dive into it, you're really going to miss the mark on that. Yeah. So we have always had a contract that anyone who's moving to a, a full-time work from home has to sign. This doesn't change their at-will employment status. So if anyone's in a state that's at-will, this doesn't change that, but it's truly just about what the expectations are of us as a business and for them as an employee, as they're working from home. Um, and that contract has kind of evolved throughout the years of we've had different experiences. So some things to think about are if they have a power outage, do you require them to come in? If we have, you know, issues on our side, but they're able to work, are we paying them? Like just some of those different scenarios to really think through. Um, and for us, we provide, um, you know, their basic computer equipment, but they need to provide all the office setup as far as a desk and a chair and those different pieces. So just kind of it's just good groundwork of outlaying those expectations of, of what we need from each other and, and what we're going to handle in some of those different scenarios. Um, so I'd really encourage um, having some sort of document where everyone's on the same page. Um, we also require internet speed tests to make sure that they have enough um, internet support um, to do the work. So we don't want anyone to get home and then they can't support that. Um, thankfully, there's been some huge movements um, in our kind of tri-state area here um, to really expand broadband. And a big part of that was our farming communities. The farmers now are utilizing a lot more technology from drones and different pieces. So that's really been a driver. Um, and we're kind of riding <laughs> the coattails of that <laughs> as they're going into these different communities to support, um, you know, these local communities that just opens up a whole new population that Curtis and team can go recruit um, to join our, our DB family. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, the options I, we've talked about? Obviously, there's the option of working at work the entire time. There's the mm -hmm. option of working from home the entire time. We have some employees, too, who sometimes work from home and sometimes work here. Is there anything else that I'm, that I'm missing with that? No, I think those are kind of the, the basic ones. I mean, there's always the um, you know, my kid has a dentist appointment, so I'm just going to work from home a little bit and then come in later or, you know, alternating um, shifts and schedules a little bit. You know, for some organizations, they um, tell their employees, hey, you can work anytime, 24-7. They don't have those limitations. For us, we have a lot of, um, you know, cues and different times that mm -hmm. we need people to be here and available based on our hours. We don't have like that type of flexibility, but other companies um, do that as well. Yeah. I think if you have a company where you're quote unquote open from certain hours, obviously you need people to be staffed during those timeframes. Um, but you look at maybe a company who's um, they're, they're in the tech sector and they don't really have any client facing. I mean, you may have organizations where they say, Hey, work whenever you want, as long as you get your job done. And some people will be like, well, I do my best work at, midnight to 4 a.m. or something like that, right? So that's when they're clocking in to do that work. So I think it depends on what your population is, what your business is. Um, but even with customer facing and client facing, you know, we're seeing that it's still a great fit for where we sit too. Are there any other types of flexible work arrangements that you've heard other companies have that maybe we haven't adopted yet or you've been asked about that we're not quite ready to plunge into? Or maybe I, just aren't the right fit for, yeah. for yeah. our industry, but I, are for others? I think the big one I hear about is the four-day work week mm -hmm. um, on that one where 
you're putting in more hours those four days, but then you have a three day weekend, um, which has been one that I've heard of, but in different states, we're not, we currently do not employ, um, are set up to employ in all 50 states. Um, we just have certain ones that we're set up in. So I think that's something for, uh, employers that are looking at doing this to consider too, like, are you just going to stay with the state you're in or, um, expand to other states? And, um, so right now there's about seven, uh, states that we have employees in that we've kind of, kind of limited our scope to that just based on employment laws. And, um, you know, you have to be set up for payroll unemployment. Like it's not just a quick, uh, turnkey and you can have someone working in a different state, which I think folks can, mm -hmm. can miss on, on some of those steps too. Yeah, it's a great point, isn't there? I suppose there's probably tax ramifications where if you have an employee, you have one employee who works in another state than everyone else, and yeah. all of a sudden you're probably from an employer standpoint have to submit taxes and stuff, Exactly, right? mm -hmm. yeah, because so you have to get set up in that state um, from payroll, unemployment, workers' comp. So um, there's, um, you know, it's not just just a quick snap and you're, you're ready to go, and you really have to look at the employment law too. Does, um, you know, because each state can have different, uh, laws it can even go down to different counties, um, having some payroll laws. And so you really got to look at, does that fit with your culture and what you're doing? Cause then that changes your handbook that changes, you know, some of the different things that you can do there. So, uh, lots that goes into, um, looking into those pieces too. And depending on the state, it's the amount of lift yeah. involved is, yep. is something different where, Hey, it's really tr easy transition if it's close to you here, or if you move to a larger state that just kind of operates on their own thing, there's a lot that you just don't know yeah. as you're walking into it. Yeah. So we'll have employees ask for states that we're just, we've made a business decision at this time. We're just not um, going into. So that can, we can get that question sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, for companies to look at too, is what's going to work in within each team. So what might work for one team won't for another. Um, so for some teams, they can do the four tens or they can do summer hours, um, do something different where that might not work for other teams as well. So it's just something to kind of evaluate from a business need and department need standpoint. Yeah. Our company has different peaks from quote unquote busy seasons, just like every other, other organization, right? So there's usually times when you're busy, times when you slow down. So being able to adjust to some of those times, uh, and again, depending on the position, depending on the team, they're able to adjust for some of those things as well. Are there any considerations that HR individuals or companies in general need to make when comparing like an hourly employee compared to a salaried employee? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, you know, with the salaried role, it's already kind of knowing there's kind of a little bit of different built-in flexibility because you're not punching the clock per se. Um, but that also means that typically you're available on nights and weekends and mm -hmm. some different pieces that come with that, um, as that privilege, I guess, as well <laughs> on that side of it. Um, but yeah, so this, you know, a lot of, when we first started this, it was all hourly positions that we started this with. And as you get more used to it um, as a company and as the management team, you get more used to it. And um, then we start to expand. And so now we have some individuals who are exempt salaried that, you know, are work from home as well. So um, for us, it was just the perfect place to start with our hourly group that were really metrics driven. And then we could, could go from there as we expanded the program. Let's go a little bit deeper on the disaster recovery because I think that's a big reason why a lot of employers would implement a work mm -hmm. our flexible work arrangement program. Um, you talked a little bit about you know the contract that you put into place. Mm -hmm. So do they work from home if you know people here aren't able to work? What do our rules look like? What are some good guidelines for people to consider? 
They do. So we actually have that built into um, the contract with the Rainbow Times where our physical locations are shut down, but the expectation is that they are still able to work. You know, if if they can't make it to work, then something has happened, right? We kind of um, joke about that. But yeah, they expect there have been times where we, um, you know, whether it be the city says, hey, we can't have people out driving, that we've had to shut down um, our physical locations, but we've been able to have our work from home population continue um, to work in and kind of keep us open and uh, help us limp along until we can get everyone back into a building and up and running. Um, over the last decade, uh, work from home telecommute has grown by 115%. Uh, and so that's a large number of individuals that now have access to uh, this as we've kind of talked about the work balance, uh, the work fusion uh, that they have access to that um, side of it. And when you look from an environmental standpoint, if you, uh, you know, looking at that part as well, the number of people that uh, are working from home can save over 600,000 cars a year being on the road. That's a huge impact from an environmental standpoint. So obviously discovery benefits plays a little part in that. <laughs> Not quite that whole number. Um, but, you know, as, as a business, we are looking at, you know, how that bigger picture and the impact that it can have. Um, that's a huge number in a way to kind of help with the footprint um, on that side as well. Yeah. And then I would just say, too, from a standpoint of growth. And from a candidate standpoint, you're going to see more and more questions on this. So as an organization that's maybe thinking about moving this way or having an opportunity to move this way, really trying to focus on that because you're going to get questions. Can I work from home uh, when I need to or can I work from home if I have to? Um, it's just now kind of ingrained into that new generation, you know, Gen Z, this new one coming out, they want that flexibility. Um, I think we read an article that said Gen Z is going to save the office, basically uh, work life because they're asking for these things up front. Um, and so more and more companies are having to adjust to that, which is helping their entire overall population that maybe wanted that at some point too. So um, I would say if you're an organization that's thinking about doing it, just making sure that you're being very diligent, that you can handle it because it's not a flip of a switch and you're ready to go. Um, you have to walk through all the processes from training to IT to logistics uh, to first day. Um, it's, it's, it's a different lift than when you have people coming in the house um, and you have to be ready for it on that side. Discovery Benefits, a WEX company, is in the business of simplifying the world of employee benefits. Although we hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, we cannot provide legal, investment, or financial advice related to the plans we administer and nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek appropriate professional advice regarding your plans.